Welcome to Groovy Soup. Groovy. A showcase of music from artists and bands from across Ohio. And your chance to hear something new and local. Here's your host, Paul Holden. Welcome to another episode of Groovy Soup, a show all about the artists and bands of Ohio. I'm Paul Holden, your host and chef of this mashup of melodies. Tonight, it's another episode full of brand new tunes and an interesting insight into music's connection with nature. To kick off the show tonight, we have a brand new single from Cutler Station off their upcoming new album, Meet No Sides. This one's called Midwest Moms. Sweet below. 
That was Midwest Moms by Cutler Station. This band of dads has been working on a new project for a little bit now, and they are gearing up for the release of Meet No Sides in late July. Cutler Station joined me on the line to talk not only about new tunes, but the role music plays in family life and a whole lot more. Check it out. Today, it's an exciting day at Groovy Soup because it's New Tunes Day here. We got Cutler Station joining us today. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're really excited. Thank, thank you so much for having us. Oh, we're happy to have you. I always have every show start off by having the band introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so my name is John Evans. Uh, I play bass and sing and write tunes for uh, our band Cutler Station. Um, uh, another member of the band is my brother, Kirby Evans, and he couldn't be here today. And then, um, our drummer's name is Jason Swagger. He also couldn't be here today. And then our, uh, fourth member is Steve Lipscomb. He plays guitar, sings, um, keys. He's kind of like the Swiss army knife of the band. So, um, we are, uh, um, a mid 30 year old dad band, I guess. Um, and we're like lifelong friends from high school who are still been playing music um, together since then. So Kirby and Jason and I started a band in high school when we were 16. And then we kind of joined up with Steve when we all kind of lived in Columbus, Ohio, um, around 2008, 2009. And then we all kind of drifted back to our hometown of Vincent, Ohio. Um, where we currently reside. Very, very cool. I like that, and I like the uh, the sticking together there. So give me just a little bit of an insight what it's been like to play with the same group for so long, play with you know your brother, play with close friends. What has it been like to play with them for so long and, and see them grow as musicians and see yourself grow as, musician, as a musician? Yeah, so it's been really cool. So Kirby and I started a band with our older brother, Nathan, um, when I was probably 14, and so Kirby would have been 12, and we started playing. Uh, my oldest brother, Nathan, he had just started his freshman year at uh, Marietta College. And so we kind of we like cut our teeth playing covers in, like, dorm room and frat parties at, like, 14 and 12. So that was pretty fun. Um, and then uh, so we got to high school. Um, Kirby and I kind of broke off and started our own thing with um, a fellow art student who was in our art class with us. And then we uh, kind of picked up Jason at that point. And so I've been playing with Jason since we were 16 years old. Uh, he plays drums. And um, I can't tell you how far he's come as a drummer. With and, and Nobody has had, had, has had any sort of like uh, uh, formal musical training. So everybody's kind of just kind of learned to play their instrument while they're winging it. And so it's been really cool to see how everyone's kind of progressed um, from a, a musical standpoint, but also from a songwriter standpoint. So after I after we played covers in um, the first band we started, we pretty much never played uh, a cover since then. So we've been, I've been pretty much solely focused on original writing my own material since I was about sixteen, and haven't kind of looked back. And it's been one of the uh, pure joys in my life. I, I absolutely love it. But you can also see from um, someone. Jason, you know, uh, for example, is the drummer, and he wouldn't really tell you he's a songwriter, but the stuff that he comes up with and brings to us now is phenomenal. And, like, you wouldn't even – he doesn't really consider it, like uh, – I don't think he really considers it, like, adding much to it, but the way that he kind of thinks about things and sees things and hear th hears things, it's just it, – it's really remarkable, actually. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And, and it, you know, it just shows that uh, how much growth that comes through music and being a part of, uh, of something like a, a band or collaborating. But one thing that's interesting that uh, I wanted to see if you, you know, had, had a thought on, has your perception or approach to music changed when you made, like, how did it change when you made that decision to focus more on originals? Do you kind of listen to songs and you listen for bits and pieces of things you want to implement into your own music? Or has it, uh, you know, writing your own songs? Uh, created a different approach to how you know you, the band plays music or, or anything like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, initially when I first started kind of doing that, I was um, 16, and so like Nirvana was kind of big, and then I was really heavy into like early Weezer from the Blue Album and Pinkerton, and a lot of that stuff was kind of influencing the way I heard music and then the way I thought about it. You know, so. I, I can remember as a kid watching my oldest brother getting a guitar lesson from a friend in, 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 our, in our parents' living room, and he was showing him, like, power chords, and we were like, well, yeah, we don't have to learn anything else. All we have to do is, like, we can just play power chords forever. So, like, um, from the start of that, and then, you know, as we progress, we start learning chords and chord shapes and patterns and stuff. So, yeah, like, I would listen to something I'd hear, you know, a progression, and be like, okay, I'm going to maybe borrow that or snag that. Um, I think that's really cool. That kind of speaks to me and, and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been a really fun journey to try and figure out how to write a song. And then, you know, I listen, you know, and then as I got away from uh, some like pop stuff like early Weezer and uh, Nana Surf and stuff like that, I kind of get it started getting into like progressive rock where I start listening to a lot of Yes. Um, and then, you know, some old 70s rock I got big into Led Zeppelin and the who and stuff. Um, so just like kind of mixing all of those things together and seeing what you can kind of pull from them. And I think you can actually hear that on our latest album. Uh, it's got a little bit of like country feel to it, but you know, like I didn't really get into old school country music or even like nineties country music and probably till five, 10 years ago. So like, as I've started developing these tastes, you know, they kind of started folding themselves into how I would, would approach writing a song. That's interesting, and that's really cool to, to be able to take so many different elements and be able to show growth uh, through through so many uh, opportunities to, to check out. And, and, and your willingness to go through and, uh, and try new songs or just expose yourself to, to listening to those new songs or new types of songs. But let's dive in to the new album here. We're talking to Cutler Station right now uh, and Meet No Sides coming up and we got the uh, download on two tracks at least tonight. We get to hear two of the songs from the album. One, we're getting a little bit of a sneak preview tonight. Tell us a little bit about the albums uh, the album and tell us uh, tell us about the songs that uh, you chose to play for us tonight. Yeah, so um, the album is called uh, Meet No Sides and we kind of took that from um, an inside joke we had <clears throat> um, about really uh, Steve's diet. <laughs> When he would just basically, you know, we would be out, you know, on a on a mini run, a mini tour run, and he'd order like steak with like a side of chicken wings or something. Like it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty funny. So we got to the point where we kind of started saying that when we wanted to like always give it our best and like not put any sort of fluff or any sort of you know something in in, in our set list that didn't quite feel right. So we were always kind of like trying to be that meat no sides like all steak no gristle like let's go let's go hard or go home so um so yeah we started kind of recording that at the end of our last album which came out in 20 
we, we finished tracking that in 2018. So we started tracking this at, uh, about the end of 2018, start of 2019, um, and just finished up in February of this year. Um, and so the two songs I think you're going to play is um, the first song is Wither Away, which came out uh, a couple weeks ago on June 19th. And then Midwest Moms uh, comes out this Friday. And so Wither Away was written by Steve. Um, he works construction or an, actually owns the, a construction business with his father. And so he suffers from um, pretty intense migraines. And so one day at work, he had a pretty bad migraine, had to go home, couldn't work the next day. And, it, you know, it was a pretty rainy day. And he, like, grabbed the guitar. And I think as he was still suffering from the migraine, just kind of wrote down some lyrics and came up with a little bit of a melody in about 10, 15, 20 minutes and sent it all to us. And we were all, we were all pretty impressed. So we were pr pretty excited about that one. And then um, Midwest Moms is kind of an ode to all of the Appalachian women in our life. Um, we're really proud of where we're from, and we um, enjoy the area. Uh, we we love it to death. So it's kind of a like a tribute to the moms in our lives or all the women in our lives. So you know, my mom freaked out over Y2K for like two years, and so there's a couple lines <laughs> there's a couple lines in there about prep, prepping the cellar for the Y2K and stuff. So it's just kind of an ode to them. More from Cutler Station next here on Groovy Soup. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Another new single from Cutler Station is in the queue. This one came out a couple weeks ago, and it's called Wither Away.
is your life, you don't get to choose. If you work hard, you get ahead. Maybe even afford to use minivan. So I sleep a little longer than I planned. Try not to turn into my old man. Sleep in the chair with the TV on. Seven o'clock, Sunny's almost gone away. With it away. With it away. That was Wither Away by Cutler Station, and we got tons more to talk about with Cutler Station, so back to the interview we go. I like that. I mean, I like the, uh, I, I like that, uh, you know, you got to give respect to mom. I mean, she's number one all the oh, time. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, and to write a song through a migraine, I can only imagine, too. Actually, and, and, and you mentioned a, a love for where you're from, a love for Appalachia. What is it about Appalachia that you love so much? And, and what is it about Appalachia that is really able to produce great music and great artists and great bands? Because right here around us, there's so much great music that's going around here in this area. Yeah, so, like, um, when we were coming up, uh, it had been like the late nineties. It was really the area, the area's music scene was really surrounded about around, uh, like I would call it new metal or like that heavy, like heavy metal type of scene where like everybody was screaming and everybody's yelling. So I think at first we were all kind of like, I know my brother and I were, we were like, man, we don't even fit in here. Like, the stuff we're into, nobody else is into. And then it kind of turned into once you kind of found those people around you or in, in school with you, um, it started to feel more at home. And you kind of realize that the area is actually really eclectic and there's a lot of different flavors in the area. And, you know, just in the last couple of years with uh, Tyler Childers blowing up and stuff, it kind of like put Appalachia on the map. And then I think people kind of understood like, you know, art can kind of come from anywhere. It doesn't really have to come from the three major cities or, you know, some, some major um, areas, you know, it can, it can come from the backwoods of nowhere. And so like, I don't know, we, we just love the area and it's probably just cause it's home. Right. But like, we all grew up here. Um, we just have an affinity for the area. And even though there's some really crappy stuff that happened to the people, you know, if you look at like what DuPont did and stuff in the, in the in the Washington West Virginia area and stuff and I don't know just I think crappy stuff is going to kind of happen to everybody and kind of every town but like for some reason it feels like genuine here that people actually care about each other I, I lived in Columbus for like five or six years and it drove me insane because no one would wave to anybody or anything like right you'd be like I don't know it was just a, it was just a really weird transition from a kid like you know I lived on five acres with no neighbors to like being in an apartment with like helicopters flying over is like, it was a culture shock for sure. But yeah. like, you know, the way that other people treated people just felt different or felt weird. I don't know. That's probably the best, a weird way to explain it. No, that makes sense. And I, I mean, you can totally, I feel like you definitely can see that. And, and it's interesting and not to say that there aren't, you know, nice people out there, but it is different when, when you're in these, you know, smaller areas in these communities, it is, it's a lot more simple to just get a wave back from someone or something like that. And I think that drives, you know, that big digs into the music scene as well. It creates a, an environment that in, at least around here in Athens, where I've spent most of my time here in Ohio, it's created a, uh, an environment where it encourages people to come out and play your music 
like, share your stories and share your songs in a collaborative way, whether there be open mics, songwriters, circles, or, or and all that stuff. And I think you, I think you nailed it. I think there's just a sense of community that comes from from Appalachia or just smaller towns that you you don't always get in the in the bigger areas. And I think that's a great point to make that that art can come from anywhere, and especially because so many people have stories to tell or have art to show, and it shouldn't matter if they're only coming from you know a New York or an L.A. or something like that. They should be able to to, to share their music and uh, be given the same uh, opportunities that uh, anybody has. But uh, we are talking to Cutler Station here. Meet No Sides, the new album coming up here on July 31st. We get to hear uh, one of two of the songs here uh, tonight here on Groovy Soup. But uh, one of, you mentioned that you uh, started working on this in 2018, and now that it's finally uh, getting to the release stage, how does it feel to, to get to this point? How does it feel to be putting out this, uh, this new music? Yeah, so prior to February, we were, like, super excited. <laughs> and then, like, everything shut down. Um, we actually had finished tracking in, in early February, and then uh, there's a really um, great pedal skill player that we invited to play on the album uh, named John Borchard. He's from Athens. Um, uh, super great guy. But as right when we were getting ready to like have him come to the studio and track, like literally everything just shut down. Um, and so he actually recorded, arranged and performed at all on all 10 tracks from his house and like blew us away. So we're currently trying to get him to like be in the band full time, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so like we were probably the most excited we've been to release an album um, we had several shows lined up. We operate basically on like a razor thin budget. Um, none of we we try not to put any personal money into the band. We're all you know working dads. I think we've got eleven kids between all four members of the band. So like the wives aren't really cool with us, right? You know, taking a hundred bucks here or there from the the family fund and throwing it in the band. So uh, we had some really high paying gigs coming up this summer. Um, that are basically a wash and they're kind of gone. So there goes our budget for the next album. So it's kind of like, so we had everything for this ready to go. It's just kind of a bummer that, you know, if you look forward, we're going to try to have to figure out how to manufacture some funds out of what appears to be nothing. That just means that uh, come July 31st, you got to support Cutler Station and buy that album there <laughs> and, uh, and, and take care of these guys so they're not taken away from uh, the rainy day fund there so the kids can uh, go back and do some fun stuff when uh, things open back up. But uh, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about You mentioned you're a dad band. Obviously, you just talked about the kids. Uh, what what role does music play uh, in your family life? I and mean, what is it like? Are your kids musicians or kids in the band? Uh, you know, Are they musicians as well? And what's it like being able to share that with them? Yeah, so my kids are like my, my official like sound testers or sounding board for my songs. So I'll be humming or you know I'll start a I'll start a demoing out a song, and it's mostly when I'm just like hanging out with the kids. Um, and so pretty much every demo I send to the band, you can hear one or all four of my kids screaming or yelling in the background or singing along or doing something, right? And so I think if I can get them to be interested in the song for like 10 to 15 seconds, it's at least worth, at least worth pursuing. And then for the most part, they, they love it. And so my, um, all of my kids say that they're going to form a band someday called mini Cutler station with the other members in the band of the, of the other kids, members of the band. So it's always pretty funny. And then on normal Sundays, uh, 
my kids and I have a, a just a kind of a Sunday jam session down in my basement practice area. I've got a set of drums and a bass amp and some guitars and keyboards and stuff. And so we kind of just mess around and do whatever, right? The, something something really fun and kind of loose. Um, but my daughter takes piano lessons. My son is trying to learn to play guitar. Jason's son is like already a pretty good drummer and it's just kind of self-taught. And like he just kind of he'll sit there and be able to watch Jason play and kind of like move along with the beat and play along with it. So it's pretty interesting. So I think music as a whole for the band and for all of our kids and our families is kind of a general communal type of thing. which kind of just draws us all in together. Um, and it's, I think, I think when you're really passionate about something, the children around you and your kids around you, like kind of pick up on that and like, participate in it yeah absolutely i think that's uh that's totally true is, is that uh the the kids they see that, that that dad's really into it and they want to get involved and uh you know the best critics are are, are your kids because if you can hold their attention for a little bit then you're right you can hold uh anybody's attention there but uh we're going to wrap things up here with a couple more questions here with cutler station the new album meet no sides coming your way july 31st uh where's what's the best place for people to go to stay up to date with all things cutler station where should they go yeah, so you can go to cutlerstation.com, uh, meetnosides.com. Uh, we are available on all the streaming p- platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, all that fun stuff. Uh, we have a Bandcamp page. But basically, if you want to be or if you want to kind of get to your favorite thing that you use, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. But if you just go to cutlerstation.com or meetnosides.com, it'll kind of like let you figure out where your favorite media is. So yeah. we have a, we have, you know, we do, we do a Wednesday, we've been doing a Wednesday live stream on our Facebook page. And then we kind of post everything on Instagram and, have a, have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I always like to remind people out there, Bandcamp is a great, great resource to support bands. So uh, I know streaming it is always good, but if you want to go ahead and uh, help out and support Cutler Station, be sure to check out that Bandcamp page there as well. Cutlerstation.com to keep up to date with all things and uh, meetnosides.com. You're not going to want to miss updates about that album. But I got one more question for you here, John, before I let you go. The name of the show is Groovy Soup, so I ask you now, what is your favorite type of soup? Ooh, can it be a chowder? Yeah, it can be a chowder. <clears throat> yeah, so I love uh, clam chowder, but it's got to be good clam chowder. Um, I actually, my probably the fav- my favorite soup I've ever had is I went fishing with my father up in Canada, and um, a local there took all the fish heads, so we were catching a bunch of walleye, and she and she she collected all of the fish heads, and we were like, yeah, you're gonna have them, whatever. So like, there's like some gill meat. In a in a walleye, and so she like poked it out like it's like a, it's just like a little nugget, and she made a chowder out of that. So that's my favorite chowder. It's not really clam chowder; it's walleye gill meat chowder. But it was definitely the the my favorite soup I've ever had for sure. Man, that sounds uh, absolutely incredible. Oh, nothing, nothing, it was really good. Nothing beats uh, you know eating what you just caught out of the uh, you know out of any body of water. There, that's uh, some of the best stuff. But uh, John, thank you so much for your time. Cutler Station, meet no sides coming your way here on July thirty first. But again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Up next, music and nature. Keep it here. This is Groovy Soup on Power one hundred five. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. 
Welcome back into Groovy Soup. I'm Paul Holden, and we continue our celebration of new singles this week with Hope Davis, an artist who is hard at work not only bringing tunes to our ears, but taking care and learning about our aquatic friends. Here's her brand new single called Full Moon. Lights out, sleepless nights, my mind restless. No more eyes, midnight out. Listen for my how I Let me turn into true blue, my mind's 
That was Full Moon by Hope Davis, and when she's not battling fog and life aboard various boats for her day job, this Athens native bounces around open mics all over the country, continuing to collaborate and share her music. Let's hear more from Hope Davis. I am joined by another great guest today. We have Hope Davis joining us today. Hope, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure to be talking to you. Oh, pleasure to be talking to you as well. Hope reached out to me because she's got a brand new single available on Spotify and elsewhere, and we'll get to that. But first, Hope, I have every show start off by having the artists introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about what they do. So the floor is yours. Okay, thanks. All right. Well, my name is Hope Davis, and um, what I do for making money <laughs> is I'm a marine biologist. I travel up and down the East Coast and in the Gulf of Mexico, and I work primarily with sea turtles and manatees and large whales. But what I do for passion work is my music, and I'm a folk artist. I write uh basically in the chord of A minor. <laughs> and I write about my journeys from one place to the next because I'm always traveling. So yeah, that's pretty much, that sums up me in a nutshell for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and, and let's start there. Um, uh, well, actually, before we get to there, uh, give me a little bit about when did you get started with music? And uh, was it something that you've done your, your whole life or did it come along on your travels and you saw that people were playing music and you wanted to get involved there? When did you first uh, developing the hobby of and loving music? So I've been writing poetry ever since I can remember. And I've also just been humming and singing ever since I was a really, really young kid. Um, but then I, then I started having these poems that were coming into my head and they had music that came along with them. And so there was always a melody that was attached to the poem that I was writing, but it took me forever to actually pick up a guitar and start to match the chords that I had in my head in that melody to a guitar. So that took me a while. I would say I started writing probably when I was about 10. And then I learned how to play guitar in 2015. So I had this huge quiver of songs that I, that I had to learn afterwards on guitar. And that's kept me busy for the past couple of years. But I have always been really, really passionate about music. I mean, everything sounds like music to me. You know, then the natural world sounds like music. Sometimes even just a crosswalk button will sound like a beat to me. It's just everywhere. It's completely everywhere for me. I love that. And, you know, it, it, I, I totally feel the, the, the same way. And, and I'm not a musician myself, so to speak, but the, the, the sounds of the world definitely seem to, to, to create songs. And like you said, that's really awesome that uh, you're able to, to, to put the, the, that quiver of songs there to, to a guitar. But what was, was, did you find it, what were the challenges that you faced kind of taking that, that, those chords from your head and putting it to a guitar? Was it just actually being able to translate what you heard in your head to the guitar or maybe just actually getting down the, 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 uh, what the, you know, the structure and just the habits and, and what you need to do to be able to play, play the guitar? Yeah, absolutely. It was a combination of both. Like it's the playing the guitar, actually music theory in general is just, is so mathematical and it's really complex and it's a 
gorgeous language that you have to learn. And so starting that from scratch is obviously incredibly tedious. And then on top of that, the muscle memory that you have to teach your hand um, and then your hand-eye coordination to make sure that you're keeping it at least a consistent rhythm, at least you're trying to keep a consistent rhythm. And then on top of that, learning how to sing at the same time and not just sing or just speak words, but you have to actually be in the moment of the emotions. So for the first like three years, Paul, I was like completely overwhelmed with the entire process of adding an instrument onto writing these songs. And then at the same time, because all I could play was one instrument at a time for me personally, and I, I didn't, I'm just now learning how to put tracks down in, you know, in a, into a program and so that I can have layers of instruments, but to, to create something that's complicated enough instrumentally to keep people from getting bored, I don't even think that I've like completely mastered that yet. Like I feel like probably most musicians feel where you just kind of scrape and buy on some good rhythm guitar so you can really dedicate all of your passion to singing the song. That's because to me that's the most important part is making sure that people are feeling the emotion that that you you had when you wrote the song. You got to revisit that emotion like every single time. Yeah, absolutely. That's I, I I really agree with that. And and you know I think sometimes too it you, you don't need to overcomplicate your you know the music by putting up a bunch of tracks. It does come down to you know your music and what you're trying to get out there. And I, some people that is the the instruments and the sounds from that. But it sounds like for you what you're really trying to get across not only you know the your abilities as a as a uh, musician in terms of instruments, but you want people to hear your lyrics. You want people to hear uh, you know the the poems and the and the songs that you that you've wrote. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm I really love to focus on the details of a story and take um the listener through an entire story. Like a full circle is always my goal when I'm writing a song to start at the beginning of what my emotion where my emotion is taking me and then not to leave it open-ended at the end of the song, but to actually have some kind of a a well-rounded conclusion about like okay, why are why am I even feeling this emotion? And that all wrapped into a package. Yeah, like you said, it's it's a it's a really complicated concept. And so sometimes overdoing the instrumental parts takes a little bit away from almost where I I'm craving the listener to concentrate, which is is pretty deep embedded in the story throughout the song. More from Hope Davis next here on Groovy Soup. Groovy Soup on Power 105. This is Groovy Soup on Power 105. Welcome back to Groovy Soup. Hope Davis is our second guest today, and she's hard at work on her next release. But for now, let's dive back into our interview with Hope right now. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's, it's, it always does. It's able to come together, and when you're able to add the instruments and add the songs, it, it comes together into... Uh, you know, great, great music. And so mentioning the stories and, and you know, you're really uh, you want people to know the story. Tell me about the story of Full Moon, not only just what the song is about, but the creation of it. Tell me about putting the song together. And as I'm looking here on Spotify, your first Spotify single here, just tell me the story behind Full Moon. 
Yeah, so Full Moon is actually one of the first songs that I was able to play on the guitar. So it was one of the first songs that I had written and it was in my, you know, in my notebook and it was ready to go. The melody was in my mind. Um, but it was one of the first songs that I actually dedicated putting the time into learning the chords. And I would just find the root note of each chord and then just do a really, really rough strum <laughs> until I felt comfortable enough. But amazingly, um, I wrote that in the middle of the night on a full moon and it was like 4 a.m. I woke up out of nowhere. And I was, I was on a ship at the time because with my job in marine biology, you live offshore for about a month at a time. So I was sleeping. I woke up in the middle of the night and it was almost just like it fell out of my brain, just straight into my lap on a piece of paper. I mean, the entire package just set up perfectly, which was kind of my first time to actually section off a song. So writing a verse and then a bridge or a pre-chorus and then a chorus and and having those distinct sections that was a brand new thing for me because a lot of the times up until that point my songs were just this one consistent thought process so my first experience was full moon of having okay this is what the first verse is going to say and then i'm going to give it a break and i'm going to kind of add a little bit of a build into the chorus and it it was it was a huge learning curve for me as far as a songwriter goes because i had never experienced that and that was always something that i heard from other songs but i didn't quite know how to master yet so it was it was a huge turning point for me and really the whole song i mean it's not that song doesn't have like a very emotional story for me it's truly just about how when you feel strange during a full moon <laughs> right that's that's totally the subject line and um but it was such a proud moment for me to to have the the guitar parts for that to have all of the sections and to look at a complete piece that i had done for the first time by myself it was just a really really lovely moment and i thought that's a, that song is going to be the perfect one for me to put as my first single out there on, you know, all of these music platforms that it's out on now. And I'm, I'm just so excited to have the opportunity to share that song and to get to play it and to perform it feels so good. It just brings back such, such amazing memories of, of, you know, that perseverance that singer-songwriters have to go through, that first obstacle of really like sewing all of their practices in songwriting together to make a complete package. Yeah, and I think that's such a great story behind it because, it, and, you know, I can just tell the, you know, from your from your voice there, just how the the emotions of of releasing that first song and how the, I can imagine just how it felt when you were getting ready and, and and putting the finishing touches on the song and you were mentioning the frustrations of of learning, you know, playing the guitar and 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 translating the things from your mind onto uh, the page and then further into the chords and into the the creation of the song. I'd imagine when 
when you finally hit publish on there, it, it must have been a really, really big uh, sense of joy and maybe a little bit of relief too. It was, it was so, it was such a relief. I was so excited, and I was also just terrified. I was like, "What have I done?" Because of course, when you're an artist, you look at a finished piece and you're like, "That's not finished." I still could do this. I could do this. I need to do this. That is not a finished piece. But at a certain point in time, you have to let the insecurities of it not being perfect, you have to let those go and just release it, you know, because the process is the perfect part. The fact that you get to grow as a musician, as, a, as an artist and develop your craft over time that's the perfect part. The pieces themselves are are always going to be a little flawed, and that actually is what makes them so unique and so wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, and it's like you said, it's just such a just the experience. And 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 what I always bring up, I feel like, is just there's so much that goes into releasing just one song. And I mean, it's just uh, it's just got to feel really, really great to to not only release it, but like you said, just just let go and just, this is it. This is what I want to share. And, and, you know, and then you go from there and you're able to learn and grow from, from, from that into, to the next piece of work that you're working on here. We're talking to Hope Davis here. We're talking about the, the new single, uh, full moon available on streaming services. I have a little bit of an interesting question here for you, Hope, um, with your, uh, career in marine biology. Um, you know, a lot of animals, it seems like at least, you know, uh, use sounds to communicate in the marine world. And, and like we mentioned earlier, the sounds of nature do those sounds or anything that you've kind of heard or learned or researched about has that ever impacted uh, your approach to music or your approach to song creation that's a really interesting question paul in fact it it has never impacted um my approach to me making music but it is something that is obviously a huge concern in the science world um, especially with those animals that have super sensitive sonic, you know, communication skills and things like that. They're, they're being really, really poorly affected right now. And I work in places like right now, for example, I'm heading to Virginia Beach. And there's a huge naval station that's in Virginia Beach. And they use a lot of sonic blasting and a lot of testing that has a lot of, you know, sonic sounds in them and so um i know that it affects the animals in a really poor way but it it doesn't for me musically it doesn't make an impact at all i mean if i'm writing a song and like for one of for one of the songs actually just speaking of maritime work in general we were in the middle of this huge fog storm and it was foggy for days and when we're in a fog storm on a ship you know they have to blast the foghorn you know over and over and over all day 24 hours until the fog goes away and i listened to that foghorn and i was like okay if i listen to this foghorn one more time i'm either going to lose my mind or i'm going to turn it into something productive because one of the two things has to happen i can't listen to this foghorn another minute without either just jumping straight off of the ship or turning it into something creative. And so that's what I did. I started implementing it into um, 
I, I took my phone and I recorded the foghorn <laughs> and then I put that into GarageBand and cut it up and made that a part of the beat for a song that I was working on. And so in that sense, I, it does, that, those kinds of sounds do affect me, but um, not, not personally for, for the animals that are being affected, because for the most part, those are just negative sounds that are happening for them. Right. Yeah. That's a, it's a lot, uh, not so much, uh, stuff that we can hear or something that would maybe make a, a an interesting song, but I like, I like that, uh, approach to the foghorn. Cause I can only imagine, uh, <laughs> oh the, uh, hearing that over and over again. And I do like the approach of, well, instead of letting it drive me completely crazy, then, uh, I'm going to do something with it and, and turn it yeah. into something positive there. We're talking to hope Davis here. We got a couple more questions. Um, one of the things I did want to ask, uh, what is it like being a musician constantly on the move? I know it's a hobby and not your career, but I mean, you said you're spending months at a time on a boat or you might be doing things like that. How do you adjust to, to being able to still work on uh, your hobby and something that you care about? That's such a good question. Um, you know, because I'm a poet first, and I've always been that way. I've always been so focused on the lyrics. And I'm very, I feel very blessed because a lot of the times when I'm speaking about something, a particular pitch or sound will come into mind that I want to hear for that song for the future. And so like, if I'm on the ship, of course, I have this tiny travel guitar that I always travel with just to find the, you know, the basic chords for what I'm working on, but I will do an incredible amount of voice memos. And also I dedicate at least an hour in my day, whether it's at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day or during a lunch break, but I will always make sure to um, schedule some writing time in and so that I'm never losing my sense of creativity and Sometimes it's, it's, you know, just free writing and you find two or three words out of, out of just nonsense that you really like and you really attach yourself to. And then you work from there and you build on that. Um, that's, that's usually how I, I stay productive in the music industry. And then also before this, um, this pandemic happened, every town that I would go through I would just find an open mic and I would go to it that night and and I would play and then hop on through the town and it was such a cool way to meet people it was also an incredible way to book venues because if people hear you and they like you then you can actually schedule right then and there to play at that show at that venue at a later date which it's it turned out to be a really good networking <laughs> system I love that too. And I, I love being able to, the, the idea of, uh, you know, with how much travel you do, just being able to go to those different open mics. And I'm sure through, through that travel as well, you, you've picked up a couple of, uh, you know, tips and tricks and things that have, that have helped, uh, you know, your music or, or things like that. Is, is, would that, is that a fair to say? Yeah, that's absolutely fair to say. Yeah. And also get one of my favorite parts is actually getting to talk to other people who are, putting the time in to go to open mics because if you've met a, if you've been a, a musician for for multiple years open mics do they're they're an incredible resource but they do get a little bit tiring because they're very late nights 
And the last thing that you want to do is get too buzzed to play well. <laughs> so you're staying, you're hanging out in a bar, sometimes really smoky, sometimes really sticky, sometimes sometimes super loud. It, it's always, it varies so much. But you're waiting your turn. Sometimes you wait three hours and you get five minutes, you know, in a place like L.A., or in a place like Nashville, you're on a waiting list, you might not even get to play. So how I found a good way to cope with it was just to start to connect with all of the other artists over there and then do exactly what you and I are doing, which is just have really good conversations about being an artist, about where they got started, you know, who inspires them, how do they write? And, and that, I love that, 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 by far is probably one of my favorite things about hopping from town to town playing and getting to meet all of these incredible people yeah the collaboration is always awesome and i i i totally feel uh i totally can see where you're coming from uh from the open mic side because just even here uh in athens trying to wait and support uh, my friends who are going up on an open mic you might show up at uh 10 o'clock you might not be uh watching your buddy go on until about uh 12 31 o'clock or something like that so i totally get that grind right. but hope i got a couple more questions here for you as we're uh, getting ready to wind things down here hope davis uh you can see the uh single on spotify and other streaming services there uh you also heard it here on groovy soup tonight uh hope what's the best way for people to stay up to date with your music and, and, and things like that if that you know where they can find a, a social media page or, or anything to keep up to date with your music um the best way to do it is i have a facebook page and i also have a an instagram and i'm mostly active on the instagram the instagram handle is um hope davis.nomad that would be the best place to find me i usually update it like every day and just keep in contact with um, what i'm doing what i'm up to where i'm traveling to i'll post things that i'm working on on there it's really sweet stay up to date with hope there so hope davis.nomad there on instagram that's the best place but hope my last question here for you is uh the name of the show is groovy soup so i ask you now what is your favorite type of soup oh my gosh that's such a good question Ooh, i'm gonna have to say that it's tom ka that coconut brothy thai soup it's just so good mm, that sounds great it's just about dinner time for me so maybe <laughs> i might have to uh to, to check that out and i think that you're the first person to to bring in a, a thai type soup here into into groovy soup but oh. hope thank you so much for your time thank you for for sharing your music with me and uh best of luck with everything going forward thank you so much paul thank you for having me on groovy soup i loved it That's going to do it for this episode of Groovy Soup. Big time thanks to Cutler Station and Hope Davis for joining the show tonight. Be sure to follow along with the fans on their social media pages. And if you or your band is interested in the show, email me at pholden at wxdq.com. That's P-H-O-L-D-E-N at wxdq.com. Check out every episode of Groovy Soup online in our digital archive on our website. And until next week, I'm Paul Holden, signing off. <laughs>